We need a catchphrase. I've got a catchphrase for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, we'll say our name. The Dumb Comic Creators. Bringing you podcasts about dumb comics that creators make. No. We're not bringing I think podcasts. that's wonderful. I think that's great. We're not great. bringing podcasts. This is not like a new podcast every single time. This is a new episode of the podcast, but not new podcasts. <laughs> bringing you pod- podcasts about... No, we're not bringing them podcasts. We're bringing them Dumb a, comics we're, that creators make. We're bringing them one podcast and expanding upon that initial podcast. I don't understand what the, what the difference is. So podcasts means that like... So, for example, I, I get the podcast. Yeah, hey, you got the podcast. You use the podcast. I listen to. I, if I were to bring podcasts, I'd be like, "Here's the podcast of even some more news. Here's the Joe Rogan podcast. Here's the podcast." Right, you just uh, you, you use podcasts. It's a podcast. Uh, oh. Listen to the podcast. Why are you Italian? You're not <laughs> Italian. I, I just think it's more like uh, I. Oh like yeah, I have a question. Can I ask a question? Sure. You're, go, you're jumping the gun before introducing, but of course you can ask questions. Oh, I was gonna ask about introducing myself. Oh like, no, what... this is not test time. Okay, I I've been very harsh about that in the past, but uh. By the yeah, way, I'll, I'll be every nice. Every time we start talking, <laughs> like you, like you're very. I don't know. You're like the second what? meanest person here. Like, like of all the people <laughs> that we've had on the podcast, we all know who the meanest is. Henry. Yeah. Sure. But, but like, right you now, you're Bethany? the second meanest. You're saying Bethany is mean? No, calling you mean. Me mean? Yeah, you're being mean to Look, Bethany. There, needs, there is a hierarchy, okay? We are the hosts. She is the guests. Okay. The guests do not okay, so get to, to interrupt so host you time. Someone over this is house, all host time. You treat them really better. Treat them better than you treat yourself. If, you're, if your guest is having trouble eating, you spoon feed them that, ser- that cereal and then rub their neck so it's easier for them to swallow. Because that's what look a it, good look host it, look does. Look it, look it, look it. Hold on, hold on. My house is not open right now. The door is locked. If somebody barged into my home and was like, is the party here? And it was 3 a.m., I'd be like, get the hell out of here. This is my house. That's not a guest. This time is our... He invited Before Beth, the party and she was gracious enough to give up her Friday night to spend it with us and our listeners. We yes. owe Beth. And we will enjoy tea time and you once we introduce her. her. I think you owe her an apology, you owe me an apology for that terrible catchphrase, and you owe the world an apology for having them having to waste this time about the discussion of etiquette. I'm not apologizing. For I'm just what? not. I'm not apologizing for any of that. Okay, I think you I, to... I actually was very nice to Beth this time. I've been. I, I said I was just commenting that I've been harsh in the past with other guests, but this time I was like, uh, "Sorry, uh, this is host time, and no, right. uh, we'll introduce you in a few no, seconds." What you were doing is like, "This is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do." <laughs> I never went like this. No, I never made motions with my hands of talking on camera. But I know what you're doing off camera. Since this is a podcast. Why can't I only see one hand? Because the other hand's doing it. You're like, see, not doing it, but on the other hand. No, I'm like, not. <laughs> so like, no, oh. I'm not. Yeah, this is great audio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, who are we besides arguing with each other? Uh, we're dumb comic creators. 
and who am I? We make a podcast uh, about the dumb comics. We, we make comics. a podcast, a singular podcast. With the creators. Not podcasts. We don't make multiple podcasts. We make lots we of podcasts. We make podcast. We make lots of podcasts. No. <laughs> See, so, okay. So, saying, are we longer the dumb comic creators? Because we make lots of podcasts? So, if we you use somebody who now? called episodes podcasts, like, oh, uh, did you get the podcasts on your phone? You would, did you, you get would, the latest episode of that podcast on your phone? Yes, I did get the latest episode so of that podcast. That's See you on my phone. Wow. I was saying I correct them. I have a question. Do you particular. pronounce it a gif? You're very Do particular. Do you pronounce it a gif? Do you not correct them? If I say the word gif, you're like, what are you doing? Like, I, are you going to jiffy loop? Is that what you mean? Are you not finishing your word? It's gif, right? Gif. Gif? Wait, but I thought the guy who created it said it was gif. I think he said a GIF. I, th I thought he said GIF. Well, he said, I think he probably was trolling us. <laughs> uh, should we look it up? No. GIF or GIF? I'm looking it up right now. It's pronounced GIF, not GIF. Just like the peanut butter. The Oxford English Dictionary accepts both pronunciations. So I am right, technically. Time.com has a timeline of the debate. What a waste of time somebody went somebody went through and wrote an article about that. Uh, okay, so uh, we are Dumb Comic Creators. I'm Keegan Shiner, and you are? Eric Schwartz. And we're having a wonderful intro. This mm -hmm. might be our best intro of all time. I think this was great until you insulted our guest. I thought it was great until you insulted my catchphrase. Keegan, when you come up with a good catchphrase, I will totally be on board. But until that time, we when you are, are on board with the catchphrases, my brilliant, amazing, awesome catchphrases. When once you're on board, I will be a much nicer host to all of our guests. Okay. So you're saying it's my fault. I'm saying we're at an impasse, and there's it's no way that you're. So is this what you say? Like like. <laughs> You know, I'm going to compare this to something terrible. And I apologize for this. This is what people say in abusive relationships. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for you. That's what you're saying to me, Keegan. That's what you just said to me. No, you said <laughs> you just said it's my fault that you're abusive to someone else. That is literally what I just heard. Yeah, but you're abusive to me. I'm to my catchphrases. I you're always so no, abusive. I don't like it. Then you ask why, and I explained in a very in a very candid and abusive manner. I don't think we're using abusive correct in this in this situation. Okay, fine. I, I anyway. think abusive is too harsh. Okay, fine. We are aggressively aggressively funny. Aggressively or, being passive aggressive. Passive aggressively humorously toned. We're using yeah. our British humor. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> can you tell? Listeners, that we have nothing to talk about tonight. Uh, anyway, who's Actually, our guest? We, we have our we have our friend. We have friend of the channel, friend in real life, uh, Beth Chrome, uh, who is a fellow Chicago improviser. Is it um, Chrome? Is the Chrome? Chrome? No. Oh. No, Eric it's, always it's, screws it's up Beth the guest's name. I'm. I'm actually really it's confused. It's Beth Kramoski. God. It's yeah. Beth Kramoski. So I Eric got it does right. this, 
this really dumb bit where he messes up the guest name on every single episode. It's not funny. I forgot to do it this time. And this time he I got your name correct, so I was trying to pr- okay. I was trying to I was trying to help help Here, you so out, Eric. Let's Okay, wow. so let's do this. So we have a good friend of the channel, real life friend, <laughs> Beth Kramoski. Beth um, Chrome. Kramoski. Oh, it Chrome. is Chrome. Okay. I couldn't Chrome. read. Yeah. But you Chrome. read you Chrome. read fine the first um, time. <laughs> I'm not I'm not cutting about? that up. I'm I not cutting it out. You will edit this correctly so I don't mess up the bit. I don't think so. <laughs> I think so. Nope. And it's not going to happen. And to future listeners, so, now you know why. Um, okay. So, uh, Beth, thanks for joining us. How did you meet Eric? I met Eric through the crowd. It was a theater in Chicago that was awesome, but exists no longer for at this time. Um, they had a program where um, they put a bunch of improvisers together that didn't know each other and we'd perform together. So um, me and Eric performed together that way. And uh, after that, we did a two person show at CCC and we we realized we have great chemistry um, doing improv together. So oh, cool. that's how Eric. Um, but yeah, so Beth and I know each other because we've been doing, doing improv together for two to three years probably by now. And we're probably like, for like five, I think. Five? Okay. Yeah. I don't keep track of the years. For a lot of, for a long time, <laughs> uh, we like, we'll stop for like a month, like two months and all of a sudden one of us will be like, hey, I have a show here. You want to perform together? I'd be like, sure, of course. And then um, Playground Theater, we... Uh, we auditioned, we got on a team together, and we're now on a uh, incubator team. Is what it's called. Is what their house teams are called. So, okay. So teams of improv players are they're they're just groups of people that are put together and they perform shows together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for our non-improvising listeners who don't know what teams are. Uh, I just want to connect why we have an improvising comedian on our show. Uh, this is. The uh, comic book episode about creating characters for comic books, and we thought it would be really helpful to have somebody on that is a you know quick at making characters. You know, right, Eric? Yeah. By definition, improviser is always going to be quick at making characters because you will be required to make a character on the spots without anything written in front of you. So. If you've ever watched Whose Lies Anyways, you'll see them. They like a lot of times they'll be given characters, but even more times they'll be you just make up a character on the spot and they'll describe they'll like add its quirks, its positives, its negatives just right there. Okay, so um, let's let's tie this back to comic books really fast. What is the benefit of like your benefit, Eric, writing your book? knowing how to do like characters on stage like what was the connection um i knew that like as uh, my characters every single time i come out of character there is going to be some wants they want may not be a huge one a lot of times my want is i want to get a pat on the back or someone to say that they're proud of me but just as in my characters on my scene i also know that my characters on my page need something they want something so 
to go back to go to a very far throwback to the dealmaker, uh, the main character, he kind of just wants to get back to the way things were. He's not happy with his life. He's kind of in a rut. So he wants life to change for him. That's ultimately what happens. So you find a want for all your characters, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, Beth, what do you know? Do you do this too? You find a want for your characters on stage? Yeah, I find a want for my characters, and um, I also was thinking today how every character that I create is like a shade of me. Like, what would I be like as a school teacher, or what would I be like as a mass murderer? And in that way. It makes it makes the characters more human and relatable. Right. Okay. So that's that's a jumping off point if you're making a character is kind of putting yourself in to the situation and how how would you react and act, right? Right. Yeah. So to quote one of the greatest movies of all time, Mortal Kombat Two, Annihilation. Like <laughs> you shouldn't use the lines that like are unrealistic. So at one point. Uh, Katana's, he's like, Mom, I thought you were dead. And then she goes, But soon you shall die. <laughs> great movie, great acting. <laughs> but that's not, unfortunately, that's not realistic, uh, like speech. It's not usually how people talk. What do you so, mean? I've said I that like at least three times. I know, you, I know. <laughs> Keegan, you say it all the time. You're like, How you doing, Keegan? But soon. You shall die. You too shall die. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, I thought you were dead. But soon you shall die. Yeah, you said that to me like uh, even before. And for those that don't know, we actually record this or we do this live on Twitch. But before we record the podcast, while playing chess, Eric <laughs> the entire time is going to his opponents. But soon you shall die. <laughs> That's how I motivate myself through those games. So, uh, uh, okay, so we're, we're doing characters. You do characters on stage. Um, so let's say you're um, doing a scene, like I, most improv scenes are made from nothing, right? You just go out and do a scene on stage. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? What's the first thing that you do when you're on stage before the scene starts? Like what's the first thing? So, do you find your character I, or are you kind of like reacting to what your scene partner is doing? I'm just asking. Yeah, I feel like the first thing I do is react. And that somehow, that creates a character, you know, that that creates your wants and like, or you could, or I'll just say something random. Okay. If I, if I say something first. And what does that do? Does that inform you about your own, like, self, your own character? Right, right. So if I it's say, like oh, Mr. Jigglypants, and I, then I'm somebody who's, like, super excited to see someone named Mr. Jigglypants, right? Like, right, um, I'm just right. joyous, boy, boyful, is boyful a word? <laughs> well, yeah, but you I'm this joyous person, like, happy-go-lucky character. You know, but you filter your reaction through your own character. So if you come through that too, maybe. Um, so obviously, the fact that you talk to me it means that we know each other, and then I have to filter that through. Do are we neighbors? Are we friends? Are we 
I, it's a okay. teacher student relationship, something like that. Yeah. And but that so but you reflect that, but you also don't change who you are. So I if I was going, if I have a solemn character, it's kind of like a pinky in the brain dynamic where one is super positive, one is just like this is the way that things are. I mm-hmm. uh, what it what all right so like there's this there's a couple of rules to improv right they when you go on stage that you're supposed to do like uh number one rule is yes and so if i say that you're a flying monkey that frees fire fire bananas out of your toes you do that <laughs> um number two rule is listening so if i give you something if i tell you something it is the most important. You cannot believe you just said that. That's important to you, but it's still important to you. Um, so if I say that Keegan, I got a pink slip. Keegan will react to that either in a great way. It's like, oh, it's like you've been trying to get out of this shop forever, and you got the unemployment insurance now. Everything's looking the, uh, up for you, and I would have to react to that because I could have a preconceived notion in my head that like. I'm going that this is a terrible day. This is a dark day, but nope. Now it's a great day for me. Right. And um, like another thing is like you always know each other, right? When you're on stage, like that's one of the. Yeah, that's that makes it go quicker. Like if, if you if you don't know each other, then there has to be this whole like getting to know each other. Um, but sometimes you're two people at a bus stop. That's just how it ended up starting out. And maybe the whole scene is you getting to know each other. Um, so it, it depends on just going with the flow of the, of where the scene goes. Um, so yes, so there is an, so there are one of the unofficial rules of uh, improv though is yes you have these rules but they're not hard and fast so the they always say like try like don't get into a sale scene like know each other blah 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 but some of the best scenes in the world can be scenes where literally you break all those rules mm-hmm. just so it's so it can work it usually works for the better if you don't do it that way uh okay so what I'm sorry. What I was trying to get to is that good scenes start with people who know each other. You feed off of each other, and the characters can be built by in several ways by mirroring each other, mm-hmm. which means the characters have the same traits, and you kind of like look at each other. You form the same physicality, uh, or like being opposites of each other. Um, another way that you can get a character instantly is by taking a physicality like I just kind of mentioned, but like if your back is out at the beginning of the scene, you might find that you're an old man. You might find that you're carrying something heavy. Um, All these things go a long way to making a character quickly. Okay, so uh, what the hell does all this have to do with comics, you ask? Uh, Well, improvisers find characters at a snap, like in a blink. And they do so by training themselves to know how to build a character quickly. So you can do this at home, just form a physicality. Think of like what kind of person would be in that strange pose and like write down some 
traits about them. You can also know that really good scenes in improv, improv again being like this art form where people go on stage and do like little plays or little sketches that are completely made up. And they're, sometimes they're really good, sometimes. Uh, and sometimes they're really sometimes bad. Sometimes they're really bad though too. But there's this whole school of thought and I took classes at the Second City Training Center where they teach the method of improv to sketch, which means improvising to written work, right? Uh, meaning, and, and in that process, there's no actual writing involved. It's you, you improvise a scene with somebody, you build a character, build a situation together, uh, and then you just do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, until you find that the scene is good, and then that's just in the show. Uh, so you can do that, uh, that same sort of thing at home when you're writing. You know, you can like write a scene, but then just rewrite it. And today we're trying to talk about characters and we keep, I, I, there's so many different ways we can get sidetracked and like go down paths that are not character work. But I wanted to just like, I don't know. I think we should just like write a fake comic book like uh, pitch, right? Right now, the three of us. Okay. And so like, Really fast, and I'm gonna write this stuff down uh, as we go, okay? Okay. And I'll I'll just kind of like pitch you guys some some like thing. I'll pitch you, and you guys like improvise a little bit or like talk, do some brainstorming together, and come up with some ideas, okay? So okay. Uh, let's let's not even start with the title. I hate games where they start with the title because I think that is too much. So how about a setting? So every book starts with a setting, right? Uh, mm -hmm. what, what, what period of time? Is this the future, the past, present, uh, an alternate reality? What do you guys think? Uh, hold on one second. Sorry. Kevin might be joining us next though. So okay. starting, starting with the setting, what period of time does this comic book take place in? The future, the present, the past, an alternate reality, uh, go. Let's do the present, but an alternate reality. That's what I was thinking too, was an alternate reality. Cool. <laughs> I want to change the aspect that um, uh, whenever, um, or that people still use Roman numerals. Cool. Like instead of like normal numbers, we use Roman numerals and all that. Then that's what I'm kind of thinking. It like, and it's it's because Rome never fell. Rome never fell. It's a great idea that like Rome yeah. never fell. Uh, fell, so there's still like a coliseum mm -hmm. in every country P where uh, yeah. people are killed by lions yeah like like people are still like using brothels and going crazy like stuff like that um yeah um, um we all we have an emperor too we don't have uh um we don't have a what's democracy. his name emperor's name Clautus. Okay. That's good for now. Yeah. Okay. So when you when you come up with a name, just write the first thing that comes to your head when yeah. you're writing. That that's the easiest thing. You can change it later and make it relative to liter literature or whatever. Uh, but when you're when you're brainstorming, just keep going. Okay. All right. So I like this setting. Um, okay. 
what is like the biggest problem in this setting? Like with the world or with, with the country or uh, where, like, okay, so that's, that's kind of like the time, the grandiose mm -hmm. setting. Where is like the actual setting of the story? I would say like in a really boring place, like, like an office. Yeah, let's make it like a, a government office. Um, okay, yeah, that works. Like, because like, so like, they still like have to like, so even though like it is, um, run by an emperor, is still you know done by that too. Let's make it like the agriculture office. Like they're the people in charge okay. of rice cultivation. Right, and it's a big bureaucracy. It's it's totally run like inefficiently. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, and all right, so uh, so what is the biggest problem? Hap like what what is like a critical problem happening in this in this setting? Um. Critical problem is, I, I mean, I, the obvious one is like the crops are, or no, not the crop. I, I, the obvious one is crops are failing, but that's also to me not the most interesting. I think since we're in an office, I want something to be boring that like somebody keeps on buying all the peanuts out of the can. What's where, where, what's, what are those things called? The uh, vending machine. The vending machine, like yeah, and like the and the main and like Claudius is. Uh, disciple, whoever this is, just wants to eat peanuts and he just can never eat peanuts because it's always out. So it's a mystery. <laughs> well, no, uh, let's let's not get to the characters yet. Okay, we're still okay. setting it. Okay, we're still setting it. But okay, so keeps setting, on buying so all the, pe the big peanuts. The problem is that no, no matter everybody wants the peanuts because the best peanuts in the world are in this vending machine, as far as everyone's concerned. But there's never enough peanuts to go around. Okay, all right. What's a critical problem happening in the grander uh, world? They're running out of people to murder in the Colosseums. They're running out of like countries to invade and slaves and slaves to make from the Colosseum. Right. So they're they're trying to get creative. Okay. Uh, okay. Interesting. Um, point of view on how that is a how that is a problem. The problem is <laughs> to you guys is not there's slavery. The problem is that there are not there's, enough slaves. Yeah. We are the one percent. What is wrong this, with you people in, the, in this alternate world? We are the one percent. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, so I, I dare ask, um, what is the protagonist's name? <laughs> and I'm sure at this point, like every every movie and every story being written right now is about the antagonist. <laughs> but uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it very easy. What is the slave's name that is gonna be in charge of this story? Like the main character of our story? Um, Polonius. Polonius. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what height is Polonius? Five foot nine. Okay. And age? 
37. Okay. Uh, uh, sex? Uh, I assume he's he male. He was male in my head. Yeah, I okay. assume he's male too. Okay. Also, uh, were, 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 there, were there that many female slaves in the Roman times? Of course there were. I mean, that, that, that <laughs> thought is what I meant. I meant you should have slaves. Like, what? Were, were that the many female slaves in the Colosseum is what I meant. If you've ever seen the historical documentary Gladiator, I'm sure you'll remember that there were several female slaves that were fighting. No, there weren't. Yeah, I think there were. No, not in Gladiator. Yeah, there were. No, in Gladiator, <laughs> there was literally like, there was literally just, like one female, and that was the emperor's sister. That's true. That was a very male-dominated movie. I mean, it wasn't as bad as Lawrence of Arabia, which is Gladi like... Gladiatrix is the female equivalent of the gladiator of ancient Rome. Okay, so I I didn't know... I thought there was a lot less than that. I didn't know. Okay. But yeah, I think... I thought even in Gladiator, they had like a female warrior no. fighting. Okay. So let's, I can go through all the fight... I can go through all the slave fight teams. No, no. Okay. No, I got this, Keegan. I got this, Keegan. <laughs> That's okay. So That's the okay. first time he fights, uh, no, 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 stop, please. Was please, it the off sorts where he was tied to his friend? Second time it was him versus everyone else. He goes out, he throws a sword and screams, "Are are you entertained? Are you entertained?" Next time it was the massacre of Carthage. Next time after that is when he it was the one one battle of the tigers. Then the battle after that um, was actually the slave pits against the emperor itself, and that was the last time he fought in the Colosseum. Okay, great. Number uh, hey, Keegan, Keegan, how many females were there? How many females <laughs> were fighting there, Keegan? There were zero. Thank there you. were zero. Okay. Uh, slave protagonist. Our protagonist is a slave. His name is Polonius. He's 5'9", he's 37, he's male. What is his race? Um, He's Italian, I guess. Or, no, he wouldn't be Italian because he's not a slave race. He's a, He's Scottish. So Scottish. I guess he's white. Yes. Because the I mean, reason why I say Scotland, for those who don't know, Scotland was was a separate part of a country of like England was because that was the one place that the Romans did not take over. So there literally was a wall separating England and Scotland from everything else because Scotland was the part that wasn't like not civilized because it wasn't part of Rome. And the rest okay. was that. Okay, he's Scottish. Uh, and... What all right, so what is his um physical structure? Is he you know like describe him? Like just his physical being, his body type, I guess. Um He's like lean but but strong. Man, you know how like when you look at Bruce Lee, he wasn't like a bulky dude, but he was super but he was built? Like that's what I kinda got pictured in my head. Everyone just thinks of Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Is that what you think? <laughs> it works too. We'll do the that. perfect, the ideal male physical physique. Yeah. Okay. Brad Pitt. I'm writing down. All right. Cool. So Polonius, Mr. So wait, Brad. Why wasn't Bruce Lee acceptable, but Brad Pitt was? It's the same body. I mean, it's like put them next to each other. They're pretty much the same thing. I never put them next to each other. Are you gonna do I it? Never thought of that. I'm doing them right now. I mean, they really are pretty close. 
Are you looking at up the bodies right now? I am. Of course we are. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> so they're actually did they did have a Bruce Lee versus Brad Pitt. So I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Good. Let's go to. I think they're very similar. So, I've never seen this film, but apparently, this not this that's not the screen. That's nothing. That's no. That's one stupid. second. Give me one second. It's God. I feel what are you doing. This is where I put <laughs> screen two. Is it again not doing anything? I see your screen. I don't see any like physical body types. There. Is this better? Revantage. No, that's that's worse. Get what off the... this. <laughs> and your screen sharing. One second. This is bothering me now. I can see a lot of... I see a bunch of photos. Let me share my or screen. Are you trying to share one photo? I was sharing a bunch of photos. Yeah, I see them. Okay, can you see them? Yeah. Okay, so this is Brad Pitt versus Bruce that, Lee. That's a fake... No, that's fake. That's from the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Please, please stop sharing your screen so I can show actual pictures. This is Bruce Lee in an actual Bruce Lee film. No. <laughs> you stopped by no. sharing. It took <laughs> away my power. <laughs> I did. All right. <laughs> so we have Brad Pitt in Fight Club and we have Bruce Lee. It's oh, very I, see sim- I think it's very similar. He has more bulk, yeah. I think. Maybe slightly bulkier on the on the for the uh, Bruce Lee, but I think they're very similar. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Eric? I think that Brad Pitt's bigger. I thought Bruce Lee was kind of more trimmed. Like, I don't think so. I think he has more. Yeah. I think he has more bulk, Bruce Lee. I think they're very similar, though. Anyway, this has been a fun conversation. But <laughs> yeah, what you showed was like 40-year-old or 50-year-old Brad Pitt fighting a Bruce Lee look-alike, which is not, which is not what we want to be looking at, right? That, yeah. Right. Yeah, that had nothing to do with our conversation. Uh, okay. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, okay. So, uh, so this very. I mean, like, outrageously in good shape for a 37-year-old uh, Polonius. Uh, what, what is one thing that he thinks about all day? Escape. Okay, wants to escape. Where, where is he, right? He's in this office, I'm guessing. Yeah. So what's yeah, his job? He's in this office. Well, he's a slave, so his job is to load... The um, snacks, and as to earn money on the side to buy his freedom, he fights in the Coliseum. So he's got two jobs. In the daytime, he works as an office monkey, but at nighttime, he uses his well-honed body to fight other slaves in the pit. Okay. But because the lack of slaves is causing him problems, because he's not getting paid as much. Because he's facing all the boring old slaves again. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's so a good story that, note. He wants his freedom, but to we're get just, his freedom, he needs to get slaves of other people. 
You're doing the plot too much. We're talking about the character. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's coming together. The character's so great. Does he have any family? <laughs> Does no, he have his a family? family his family's dead. No yeah, family. He's a dog. What's the dog's name? Brewster. Brewster. Okay. What kind of dog is it? German Shepherd. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what's our antagonist's name? Milus. And what's his job? Antifa organizer. What? No. <laughs> no. I object. Okay. <laughs> he is. What is his job? I mean, if you go that right route, like the anti-fascist is the bad guy in your story about <laughs> not having enough slaves. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> I know it's an improvised story, guys, but like, uh, there's a line to cross, you know. Okay. <laughs> He's not an Antifa organizer. He is he um, somehow related to the snacks. Yeah, he's that's just, what I was oh, thinking. He works at a factory. He's a factory worker. Like he, like he's the one that like gets the he he makes uh, potato chip bags or something like that. He works in a factory line. Okay, uh, so this is a good teaching moment for our listeners. <laughs> uh, so. Um, Improvisers will often just come up with stuff and not really think about how it impacts the story. But definitely, if you want to be crafting a story about with this much uh, intrigue and bureau bureaucracy and slaves and coliseums and stuff, probably make your antagonist someone in power because almost all the stories do that. If your antagonist is just someone else, <laughs> Who has no power. He's just, <laughs> I mean, he could be a bully. He could be like the guy who killed this guy's family. You know, it could just be like a, you're right. Like, I, I shouldn't judge, but I, I, I do want to point out that uh, you've, you've placed both of these people in a world where they have nothing. Okay. They can do nothing. That's <laughs> an improv rule, too. Like, yeah. Status, like you want him to be different status. Okay, so he's an office yeah. manager. He's the <laughs> office manager. He's the office manager. He's the office manager. Okay. Yep. I still thought my my thing had different roles. One was a slave. The other was a freedom fighter. I mean, huh? You get sort of the one that's like, oh wow. So the bag. So the good guys are bad, and the bad guys are good. Also, this is a problem. So how is Milus contributing to the critical problem of the uh, people not being in, not having enough people to murder in the Coliseum? <laughs> I kind of meant that the, this, the, it was bad that there was murder happening. I kind of, I, I kind of meant murder to still be bad. Okay. How about okay? So how about this? Um, he hey, stop, 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 stop. No more. How about this? Hold on a second. Let's okay. let's say hello to Kevin and introduce him to what we're talking about. Oh, you guys are good. I just didn't want to. If you were in the middle of a scene, I didn't want to interrupt. No, we're not in the scene, so we are. 
developing um just using the power of improv a quick comic based off of characters and so we have developed and so beth and i and you will be too so we were setting that's an alternate reality during modern or during I'll read, I'll read it back to him but uh i think the the point is like i'm gonna prompt you with idea like i'm prompting you and you guys are kind of like yes anding each other with ideas and then i'm trying to reel you back in to like what actually makes sense as a story thing and and pretty much he, he's really me back in this i've actually done a pretty bad job as you'll see when i read this back to you um so our our story takes place in an alternate reality where okay. rome never fell there's still coliseums uh in every country people are being killed by lions and, and whatnot uh there's still brothels and everything mm -hmm. and the emperor's name is claudius uh, but our main story takes place in an office setting. It's a government office uh, where they are in charge of rice cultivation. It's the agriculture office. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bureaucracy and it's run very efficiently. Um, nice. There is, uh, in overall in the world, what's happening is that they're running out of slaves to fight in the Colosseums, um, which is causing uh, probably a lot of like bad behavior of, of people on the streets, like more crime, yeah. I guess, like yeah. like yeah. Uh, less threat of going to the Coliseum if you, uh, yeah. And I was just thinking more and more people were getting murdered and that was a bad thing. More people are well, getting- Well, it's a bad thing in that people are getting bored of the same old, same old. Less entertainment means people are more angry. Yes, is how I oh, interpret there it. There you go. Okay, yeah, we're oh, just gonna. Where's my, where's my blood, blood and guts? Yeah. What? Yeah. No blood and guts? I'm being so oppressed. So we'll just yes and that, and there's there's more crime on the streets because there's less entertainment. <laughs> because there's less crime in the Coliseum, there's less there's more crime in the streets. It's like uh, sort water? of like a very controlled purge, you know, like a very controlled purge. All right, so there's more cr crime. Um, and another critical problem is, all right, all right, so our protagonist is a slave. His name's Polonius. He's 5'9", he's 37, he's male, he's Scottish. He looks like uh, a cross between Bruce Lee and Brad Pitt from Fight Club, which are pretty much the same thing. Uh, he wants to escape. His job is to load the snacks. Uh, oh, wait, so the critical problem in the office is that someone keeps buying all the peanuts out of the vending machine and there's never enough peanuts for people. Um, so so Polonius's job is to load the snacks in the vending machine and his other job is to earn money by fighting in the Colosseum so he can earn his freedom, buy his freedom. Uh, his family is dead and his dog's name is Brewster and it's a German Shepherd. Uh, the antagonist's name is Milus. We were just getting to this. He needs to have status so he's the office manager of this ag agriculture office. That's about as far as we got. All right, so uh, we need his height, his age, his sex, or their sex, and their race. Make her uh, a woman. Oh, go ahead. Make her a woman. Keep it interesting. Okay. Let's make her 4'6". Oh, she's small. But she's the boss. Yeah. That's good. Uh, race? 
she'll be Scottish as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> justify that, Eric? They're in Scotland. She's Scottish. They're in Scotland? Okay. Yeah. That's right. where I picture in my head. Wouldn't she be Roman? Well, the Roman Empire never fell, but Rome... Oh, it never fell! Yeah, that's the point. So, I guess she is technically Roman then, but... Yeah, everyone's all... Roman. Everyone's Roman. Well, they're they're Scottish, though. They're, they're still regions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't they be called Saxons, though? Right? Yeah, I guess they're Saxons, you're right. They're Sa yeah. He's a okay. Saxon as well. Okay, called Saxons. Since they never fell, they never changed any of these names. That's funny. Uh, okay, so Mylis, uh, she is... Uh, what's what's her like thing that she thinks about all day? Rising the ranks. She wants. Yeah, I like that. What's the I, next job that she wants? So, um, vice president of the agriculture mm -hmm. um, department. Yeah. Okay. Who's in, who is the vice president right now? Um, Clifton. Silius. Silius. Clifton Silius. Group mind. Good job. Okay. <laughs> and how did he get that job? He is, a, he is, his uncle is Claudius, the emperor. Okay. Nepotism. Nepotism. Claudius, Claudius, Emperor Claudius, yeah. Emperor Claudius, yeah. All right, good. See, this is all, all good. So you see how the characters connect and like know each other in this? Uh, that's what you want to do when you're kind of crafting a story. Just like continue to think about like how they all interact together. Um, but, but this is like a good way of generating story ideas that you may change later. Um, okay, so uh, who is... Uh, Polonius's like uh, love interest. Does he have one? If his family died, I would say no, probably. But uh, okay, so we're just doing gladiator, guys. <laughs> just do he gladiator. Does have love interest. <laughs> he does gladiator in an no, office. He does have a, a love interest. Then no, he does have a love interest. Because we're going to get away from this. We're not doing Lawrence of Arabia or Gladiator. I get so no. mad at comic books that don't have love interests. Like, like these people are just, like, not motivated by that. I don't understand. His love I mean, interest. I know. No, wait, wait. He knows his love interest because he walks his German shepherd in the park. And she has his German shepherd, too. What's her and name? They, uh, Julius. Julius? <laughs> like Orange Julius. Orange yeah. Julius. Oh, not Orange Julius Caesar. Caesar. Or Julius Caesar, yeah. Uh, okay, Julius, he, he's Caesar. While walking dog. Who's his best friend? Tabrius. Tabrius. What is it? Tabrius. Tabrius? Okay. Tabrius Beefus. How did they meet? And they met because they were uh, in the same village growing up. Where was that? In Saxonville. 
<laughs> I mean, that's nice. funny. It's funny to me because in Massachusetts, I got to like, uh, there's a Saxonville Mills, which is like where my art studio was uh, wow. for, for a year. So like it's an actual location. <laughs> uh, it's a real name of a real place. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, who is like his biggest annoyance in the office? Since that is something that uh, the office manager, his enemy. Oh, no, not other than her. You know how there's always like somebody annoying? The receptionist. Okay. Doesn't like him because he makes she has too a much... really high pitched voice. <laughs> she does what he does. <laughs> Why doesn't there, she like I... Polonius? Polonius is the best friend. No, no. Why doesn't uh, the receptionist like Polonius? Um, because his voice is so high pitched, and she's a little tone deaf. Yeah. So she actually can't hear him talking to her <laughs> when she does, when he does, and then it makes her feel bad at her job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm just gonna yes and your high pitched voice and say that Polonius is mostly deaf. Okay. Okay. Deaf character. See, that's cool. See how uh, that like little thing about the receptionist informed you about the main character, or like gave you another idea about their character, and you can like sort of build the characters based on their relationships with other people in the story. Um, let's do uh, one or two more characters in the story. Who is like? in charge of the slaves at the Colosseum? Slavinicus. What, what is it? Clavidicus? Slavinicus. Slavinicus? Oh, Slav. I thought it was Clavid. No, Slavinicus. Okay, and what is the thing he thinks about all day? More slaves. Sex. And more slaves. Sex and more slaves. Sex with the slaves. He's very horny. Yeah. Yeah, he's very horny. But and... the slaves keep on saying no, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. he's a super ethical person. He's a super he's ethical horny, but he's super ethical. Yeah, he gets permission every time. In writing. A very ethical slave owner. He's a very ethical slave owner. All right, that, I mean, that sets him up to, like, help Polonius in the future of this story, right? The yeah. fact that he has ethics, you know? You can build, like, that's a funny, like, like little funny thing that you thought of, but like actually that gives you an idea of like his deeper character is that he's a good guy, even though he's kind of in a, a shitty position in mm -hmm. this world where he like owns slaves, but like he actually does a lot to help them, right? Is is kind of what we infer from him getting permission uh, from the slaves before he has sex with them. Uh, interesting. I feel like I'm in level two CIC theater right now. Just, just one thing I wanted to say. Well, yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about how to make characters for a comic book um, because this is oh, awesome. a comic book podcast. So that's why we're talking about character creation and like how they interact in the story. So like, uh, yeah, yeah. You missed. I the, love CIC level two. It was um, a okay. mind fuck, but it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so that's why you're on here because you're the expert and we're interviewing. We're like 
talking to you about how to do it. Yeah. But um, Eric also went through CIC. So you have two experts here. Yeah. We have. <laughs> We have four Chicago here. We're four experts. Okay, I'm sorry. I derailed. The biggest that. good square. See, <laughs> complete each other. Um. Okay. And since we're here, since we have this whole world built and characters in it, what is like something that could change every like their day to day everything? Like, what's uh, like, for instance, Emperor Claudius uh, decides that all the, the Colosseums have to contribute, like, an all-star team, like, one person to the all-star team, and, you know, uh, whichever country loses, loses all their rice. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe they're at... I like yeah. that. Yeah, we should yeah. use that. No, 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 no. I want you guys to... <laughs> I want you guys to think of an, it's called an inciting incident where like something changes the world, but then uh, later on in the story, the character kind of finds his motivation. So. Um, why don't we say uh, the, the country of Hawaii has declared its independence. Okay. How does that impact any well, of these because people? Because they're no longer part of the Roman Empire, they can now be free to be slaves taken from them. Because the rule of the Roman Empire is you can't make slaves of your own people. You can make slaves out of your out of people out of someone else's. Again, like I, I'm trying to relate this back to the characters that we just came up with. Okay. So, like, I, I'm not understanding how you're. Uh, how you're think? Does that mean that everyone's going to war now? Like. Uh, you see what I mean? Like, like okay, now we're all soldiers because Hawaii like declared their independence. You, okay. you know what I mean? Like that could like lead this character down a long adventure. You know, mm -hmm. if you aren't thinking of the ending when you're writing, like if you don't have an ending for Polonius, and you want to just kick him into this adventure, you think of something big that can impact everyone in the story. You know? A plague. A plague. Perfect. A plague. A, a rice we, plague or a peanut plague? And we certainly know how plagues will impact everyone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a plague on rice. So like rice is now like not, it's dying. Rice is dying. Right. So everyone is, is starving. There's less food and, and like it becomes more cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, similar to my idea of all-star Coliseum people deciding where the food goes in the world or something. Um, cool. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that is pretty much, that's kind of what I was thinking when we were doing an episode about character building and bringing in improvisers to talk about it, not writers. Um, but honestly, I think improv is writing. It's just really fast writing. And sometimes, um, I mean, there's little tricks you do on stage to understand, but like understanding how characters relate to each other and knowing that they know each other and um, feed off of each other. Like if you just were like, oh, I'm gonna write in a receptionist and she's this and she's this and she's this, she's this and she's this. And then there she is in your comic and she has like, basically your character walks right by her because like you never thought like, how does she relate to my, like, why don't they like each other? Why do they like each other? 
oh, he's deaf and she can't understand him because she's tone deaf, you know? Uh, yeah, that was just like such a cool, that's like a really cool connection, I think, that we we didn't quite have when we were just writing his character, you see? So like, um, yeah, I think that's like the cool thing about character building is like, is thinking of those connections ahead of time so that, and that helps with the character building. Now I'm just repeating myself. <laughs> so it's not just it's not just making an individual good character. It's, it's thinking about it this way: when you create a team, you don't just get good individual team player or good individual players. You get good players that work together. Right. So if you're creating, if you're going to create the best basketball team in the world, you couldn't get, you couldn't create guys that hate each other. So like no Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, because yes, individually they're great, but together there's friction. Unless you're the Justice League, in which case, uh, which it's a good Batman. team, but they, I don't think they like each other. They, which is you know, Batman just pissing everyone off. I mean, Batman should have just been the Justice League. He, he gets them out of so many situations. He also puts them in a lot of situations. There literally is a movie where he's like, you're, Justice League, you're under attack. By who? By me. Because it turns <laughs> out like he literally made like he like he wrote down how to like destroy every single one of the Justice Leagues in case they turn bad. So like they just are like, okay, this is how I kill uh, Superman. This is how I kill Martian Manhunter. This is how I kill Wonder Woman, and all this stuff. Nice. <laughs> I mean, then if you write it down, you have to use it. I mean, that's yeah. that's writing one hundred and one. If it's in it's your story, uh, it's one of the Justice Leagues, uh, or it's one of the Justice Leagues where. I'll look it up right quickly. Oh, I found it. Justice League Doom. Okay. Yeah, Justice League Doom. Of course. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I, I, you know, Eric, uh, this has been a really long episode. Uh, we didn't review any comics this week, but we did have two wonderful guests, one mm -hmm. of whom we already introduced Beth Chrome, uh, mm -hmm. but we didn't introduce Kevin Veloso, who joined us midway. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you, Kevin, for coming on. Thanks for having me, boys mm -hmm. and girl. Uh, Eric, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on our webpage, dumbcomiccreators.com. You can find us on facebook.com slash dumbcomiccreators. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Twitch. We're on the Instagram. If you want to give us some monies, we always like that. Patreon.com forward slash dumbcomiccreators. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are available to look for anything from comic creators. Um, this is a special kind of one-off episode where we go back to our uh, normal format of interviewing authors and working with them next week. So it's kind of special treat for everybody. Uh, again, thank you for Kevin Velice and Beth Kramiski. Hold on, hold on. We had guests on this episode. I don't think it was that weird. It was <laughs> fine. <laughs> We had guests. I mean, like, I hold on. I I said throwback where we talk about actually making comic books without like having somebody on to talk about making comic books, but just you and I. Like, but like we had guests. I mean, it wasn't that strange. Of, I mean, these guests are just as valid as the rest of our guests. Who's they are mean to our guests now. Okay, I apologize. I so I now have to apologize. I apologize to Beth and to Kevin. I apologize to you, Keegan, and I apologize to the world. I apologize to you. It's accepted. It is accepted. Thank you, um, and thanks for everyone for coming on. 
Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.